ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome back to the No Higher Calling podcast. Today's episode is a treat because not only do I have my husband with me again, but his mom is here. She has been visiting with us in Australia for the past few weeks, and we're sad that it's almost over. We've been having a lot of fun having Mamaw here. Um, But I wanted to have her on the podcast, uh, mainly just to kind of introduce you guys to her. She's a huge part of our life. Um, and just give you a chance to get to know her a little more. And then recently I did a little Q&A on Instagram um, where you guys could ask her questions. So I've collected a few of those and we're going to go through those here on the podcast. So Roxanne, thanks so much for coming on. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. So Roxanne is mom of five. Simeon's the lovely middle child. <laughs> uh, and grandma to seven. one, two, seven. Yeah. Yeah, seven. seven. But anyway, well, why don't we just start at the very beginning, and why don't you tell us a little bit about your salvation testimony, and then a little bit about your husband. Okay. Um, well, I um, as a child, I went to um, a home on Westland Church, um, and part of that, and part of doing that, they would pick me up on a little van bus thing and, and take my brother and I to, to that church. Um, and after that, so I got um, introduced to church, mm-hmm. basically. I don't remember gospel or anything, but I got introduced to the church. And then after that, I went, when uh, friends would ask me to go to church, um, I would go. And um, the, the first time I probably realized mm-hmm. anything about the gospel would have been um, as a as a junior high, a friend of mine uh, got, accepted the Lord as her Savior, but I didn't understand really what she did. And I remember asking her questions about that. Um, but the first true gospel message that I heard was um, a TV evangelist. One day I <laughs> came home um, from... So they are beneficial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Um, I came home from teaching uh, my fitness class, and I turned on the TV that morning, and there was a TV evangelist on, I don't know which one, but um, he presented the gospel very clearly, and um, I remember bowing my head in the kitchen um, and saying the prayer that he had said, but yet again, I didn't really know what I did, but I I know after that I got extremely interested in in church. And I remember um, Keith's sister, um, Kathy, was at um, Assembly God Church at the time, and um, I went to church with them. And they, I think and they Keith were— Keith is your husband, to clarify. Yeah, I yeah. That is name. <laughs> um, and I went to church with um, them, and she, I think they were teaching um, at that time a Sunday school class. And so we went um, off and on with them, but it wasn't until we, my husband and I moved to um, Decatur, Illinois, after he graduated from college, that um, I got really interested in wanting to go to church. It was it was just there. I think the seeds were there. And um, so we um, just went to Central Baptist um, one Sunday, and um, 
then um, we came out and we decided that we were going to go back. Mm-hmm. And but before the next Sunday, um, there was two ladies that visited me on a Thursday, and they presented the gospel again, um, pretty clearly. Um, but then I I didn't really do much about that. I was expecting Boston at the time my first child. And then the pastor came out, back out during the course of that week, and um, he came back out and he presented the gospel. But then I, I looked at my husband and, and he said, "No, it's not <laughs> like for permission, basically." Uh-huh. But um, he said, "No, it's not your um, your husband that needs to make the decision. It's you." And so um, I went. He went through the prayer again and ex- understood mm-hmm. that. I was accepting the Lord as my personal Savior. So at that time, I understood. And then the following Sunday, then I got baptized. Yeah. Well, share a little bit, I guess, about Keith's upbringing, um, because he's busy and had to stay in the States. He didn't get to come (laughs) on this fun trip with Mamaw. Yeah. Um, So he's got a little unique family makeup, being the baby in a family of eight. Um, So when did he get saved? Um, he got saved at age of four, um, and they were um, the family was in the same church that mm-hmm. the semi-god church. But he was he got saved at um, age four. Okay, and when did you guys meet? Um, we met. Um, he was still in high school when we first met, um, but we met on the job. We we worked both worked at um, Union Hospital. And he swept um, you off your feet immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was pretty much. Um, we we both knew, kind of. I yeah. mean, and how long have you guys been married now? Um, thirty nine years. Okay, thirty nine years and five kids. Um, yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, um, let's just jump in with. So, what is your favorite Bible verse? Um, my life verse is Philippians 4.13, that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Good. That's that's one of my favorite verses, too. Actually, Philippians is my favorite book of the Bible. Um, so you have a lot of unique hobbies. You are not a sit-still kind of person. You're always <laughs> getting into not some wild adventure. Um, so at the current moment, what are a few of your hobbies? Because okay. we could just park here for the rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I like to get into things. Um, but yeah, my current hobbies um, are uh, doing my ancestry, um, mm-hmm. and I'm writing. You just published your first book. I did. Um, I, I published um, The Genesis of the Hoosier Hammersley, and um, so I'm getting ready to write the next book, you know, on the Brazzles. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I do love to do research on the ancestry, and um, I got into my own business and um so i started uh like bakery kind of business Uh and um so that's kind of um, where i'm at right now is um focusing on um cakes like to do custom cakes and cookies and things like that and we really miss being in america because we got to pick our own custom cakes for our birthdays and now we don't get that (laughs) yeah but for anybody that's local i will post her business link in the show notes so you can check that out if you want local to knoxville yeah local to Knoxville. what is local anymore right yeah um awesome and then you garden and i do some woodworking so um i have some orders along that way cutting boards and things like that but yeah, um, I I just like to pick up new hobbies and try them. Yeah, awesome. Well, you stay busy and have fun all the time. 
Um, so somebody asked, do you remember the first time Simeon told you he was called to Australia? Uh, yeah, yeah. He was in the 11th grade, and um, I always I always knew that he would be a pastor because when he was little, he, he would say he was going to be a pastor, and I really felt like the Lord um, would use him in that way. Um, but um, when you give your ch- children back to God, you pray that the Lord will use them in some way. And um, I, I always felt like he would end up being a pastor mm-hmm. of some sort. But he, when he was in 11th grade, um, he felt very strongly about being called to missions and particularly Australia. And um, so it was in a church service, evening church service at uh, Temple mm-hmm. Baptist that um, he told me that, and we went forward. Yeah. So how did your mom heart feel about that? Because um, I'm sure it's a catch, too. It I, is. As a young mom, I can imagine like, oh, that's all you could ever want for your kid. It but is. But Australia's really far away. It is. Um, and as, um, you know, in in a sense it is, but then um, you're just happy that the Lord's using them. Yeah. And you miss them, but... Um, I just always, I, I when I gave my children back to the Lord, I really um, hoped that He would use them. It was a way that I felt like in using them, it made my life more meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, and it gives you lots of reasons to come <laughs> and take vacations, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. We're great. already planning the next time Mammal comes. Okay. So... About the time, well, not, I guess, not quite when you were called to Australia, Sim, but shortly, well, I guess during the time you were called to Australia, you noticed me. We got together a little bit after that. I think the second and third episode of this podcast, which has been going for three years now, so you've got to scroll way back in the archives, but we share our story of falling in love, which is very different. Um, Quick catch up. Simeon met me in high school. Um, and it was love at first sight. It took me a little while longer to notice. But when I did, I fell in love head over heels. Um, but people want to hear your side of the story, Roxanne, of me and Simeon, because you kind of have a, a unique role that you play in this. Yeah. Um, Simeon always <laughs> was smitten with you. And so he would come home different times and, you know, talk about you or say your name. High school. Yeah. Early high school. High school, yeah. And he'd say, he would say your name and talk about you. And and then one day he came in, I think it was college. He came in and he, he, he flung the door behind him and he said, Brandy Varner would just not give me the time of day. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, so I, I told him, I said, well, sit down. And I said, let's talk about this. I said, do you really like her? Do you really feel like she might be the one that God has for you? And and he said, yeah, but she won't give me the time of day. I was like, well, let's pray about it. And I do remember we sat there at the kitchen table, and I told him that we would start praying about it. He could pray about it, and I would start praying about it. And so we just, I just did. Uh-huh. I, I just started praying about it. Um and then um, one, I, he went away to singing mm-hmm. um, group and um, tra- and was traveling yeah. for the summer. And, and um, th- uh, you were here. You were at Temple, and you and your mom had went forward for you to surrender to missions. Mm-hmm. And um, I had never really 
voiced, you know, or talked to Kate, my husband, about too much about it or whatever. But I just remember when you went forward, I nudged him in the church service, and she's the one, she's the one. It that, and he was just like, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Simeon's going to marry sign from God." (laughs) I said, "Simeon's going to marry Brittany," and he's like looking at me like, you know, I've lost it. (laughs) Oh my word! So fast forward a little bit into my junior year of college, Simeon's senior year. This might be one of my favorite early memories. Uh, we were starting to talk. He got back from that summer on tour. That's a story in and of itself, how he smoothly gave me his uh, phone number. We were starting to talk a little bit, but our college had an event at the time, like a Sadie Hawkins dinner evening thing. Um, but the whole thing was that the girls invite the guys to go instead of vice versa. Um, and so I think we were out at a gas station eating ice cream and I I remember thinking like, well, if he was going to ask me out, it'd be polite for him to ask my dad. So maybe I should like ask you if it was cool if I invited him to this event. Uh, So I did. And I think your ice cream about hit the floor. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I was like, oh, it kind of surprised me. And so then I was like, well, you know, I'll ask his dad. Oh, man, and this is a good story, too. We'll talk about Keith since he's here and he can't defend himself. Uh, Soon when we realized, all right, you know, this is getting kind of serious, which it got serious super fast, even though our parents said to take it slow. We didn't. Uh, But you guys took me out to dinner one evening, and Keith Keith gave me, like, the third degree. All the questions, wanted to know, like, what I thought the top three qualities in a wife were. (laughs) I mean, I got all the tough questions. And then Simeon goes out with my dad, and my dad's like, eh, I like you. You're good. Let's just eat. (laughs) (laughs) That was not fair, but I must have passed the test because here we are. Goodness, nine years later. Can you believe that? Yep. And all these grandbabies later, we're still together. Pretty amazing. But that's fun. Another fun thing about Roxanne and I is I think it's because we both have blonde hair. But a lot of people assume that you're my mom instead of being Simeon's mom. Yeah. Everybody always thinks that we look alike. And we even got that here when I came here. They, mm-hmm. The church kept saying, oh, you're Brittany's mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I told Simeon I probably talked to you more than he does. Yeah. <laughs> you would oh, disown goodness. me before you disown her, I think. Yep. Oh, goodness. Well, I'm so thankful. You know, I, I've told her before. I can remember... While I was really in my teen years, while I was praying for who my husband would be, I also really started praying that I would get good in-laws because I know that in a marriage that can really help or hinder. Um, And so I really wanted to have a good relationship with my in-laws. And the Lord, I think, I mean, hopefully you like me. (laughs) I think the Lord Lord answered that (laughs) and has really blessed us both ways. And that's been such, uh, such a joy. Um, but okay, so let me ask you, and this is I, this is a super open-ended question. Um, but somebody asked, "What makes a good mother-in-law? What do you think is an important?" I think that when you treat your in-law like you would treat your child, then you kind of gain respect. Mm-hmm. And so I think that if you just treat them like you would your own, and then um, you gain the respectfulness each way, and I think mm-hmm. that's extremely important. And just the communication, um, having open communication. Yeah. Um, and I also think that just um, being able to um, have a, a big role in grandkids' life mm-hmm. helps the in-law, your, like your, your 
in-law, yeah. either way, um, to bond with you as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's very true, and I definitely feel like that that has been the case with us. I mean, you just made me a daughter, and I felt like that, and I feel like that um, just helped. I mean, I felt like part of the family, yeah. um, so that's been that's been really good. Um, so what do you think makes a good daughter-in-law? Um, pretty much the same. Um, uh, communication. I think um, I think all parents like to um, get asked advice. Mm-hmm. So I think that when you, um, even if you don't use their advice, I <laughs> make them feel like you. <laughs> I, I think that they like, um, they just like getting asked advice. I yeah. think it's like they feel like, oh, she's interested mm-hmm. and they're older. And so I think that that helps. Um, and then um, the child role like when you start having children I that's that's huge mm-hmm. um to the keep that open yeah um in the in-law thing and and I just think mutual respect mm-hmm. so I think that's um what makes a good mother-in-law and a daughter you know or daughter-in-law or son-in-law yeah um so I'll answer both of these questions and I guess mine are a little more focused towards my kids to the next generation, because sometimes I feel like I'm kind of the bridge, you know, between the grandparents and the grandkids. Um, but as far as a good mother-in-law, it really has meant a lot to me that you and Keith are so focused on really leaving a spiritual legacy for the kids. I know Simeon and I have talked about that a lot, um, but it's hard to be a parent. And I feel like it's only getting harder and harder um, in the day and age that we live. And so even if it's, I mean, you know, we don't live together, so you don't quite have that influence that you once had. Um, but even just knowing that you guys are holding the ropes at home, um, just staying faithful to the Lord, that encourages us as parents, then I really feel like that has an impact on the kids, and we've appreciated that. Um, and then as far as daughter-in-law, son-in-law, whatever, um, I think something that Simeon and I have truly tried hard to do, not that we've done everything perfect, but I feel like this is one area that we have made an effort in, and I feel like I've seen fruit from, is we've tried to keep you guys and my parents involved in what's going on, even though they were on the other side of the planet. Um, we try to keep you in the loop. Um, I know one thing we've done with you guys is we have a Google photo album, um, that we all share. And every couple days we just put pictures in there. And, you know, I mean, sometimes it's a fun event that we did. Sometimes it's just a day at home. Um, but I know that that has helped me even as the mom feel like we're staying connected, like even though we're miles apart, you know what we're doing, you know what we're up to. It hasn't been weeks since you saw the kid's face, even if it's, uh, you know, virtually. Yeah. Um, so I think that just as a daughter-in-law, I think that that has been helpful for me, for the kids, but also for you guys, just to know what's going on and to be a part, even though, you know, different circumstances are different, but us being so far apart and not getting to see each other often. You know, and it is true. The Lord is the common denominator. Mm-hmm. And if you um, keep your focus on the Lord and you both have the Lord, even in a marriage, mm-hmm. that's what draws you back together. Even yeah. if you have a conflict or or something, you have the mutual relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that, it, you know, we rather, in all relationships yeah. is what holds the, holds the, ties the bond. 
Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I actually was reading a book recently and it was talking about in-laws because I feel like it kind of, you either get like a really good relationship with your in-laws or you have the other end of the spectrum where it's not very good. Um, And in this book, it was talking about how you really struggle, even if the relationship itself is still rocky, um, your spirit towards the other person, if you're praying for that person, um, that it dissolves a lot of the inner turmoil that you might have in a relationship. And it was talking specifically about in-laws. This woman that was writing said that she had a really rough relationship with her mother-in-law. Now, thankfully, that's not our story. Um, But she was just saying how making it uh, an intentional part of her prayer life to pray for her mother-in-law, the relationship struggles didn't necessarily all dissipate, but she noticed in her own heart and in her spirit that it helped her respond better or maybe be more patient in situations where it wasn't, you know, the optimal relationship. So I think that's so important, kind of keeping the Lord key there, whether it's a good or bad relationship. Okay, another question. What is one of the greatest joys about being a grandma? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a lot. Um, the Seeing your grandkids is like walking down memory lane yeah. so to speak Deja so, vu. yeah yeah <laughs> so you get to um almost relive your own ha- having your own kids you almost get to relive it because you yeah. you watch them and you see your child and your grandkids and so it's kind of um you know walk down memory lane it it bonds they bond you with um it's with your your child and your in-law it's it's a new it's a new bonding mm-hmm. with your own child and it's a new bonding with your your new in-law or your in-law and so you get to it bond that way um and just being able to um watch them grow and pray for them and um just see them how they grow how they're growing in the lord and yeah. um it, it, and you know, just know that there's a heritage and yeah. it's getting passed down is is a, a joy in itself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's there's so many um, joys and that they just feel that they think that you are their little best buddy. Yeah, and the so greatest that, thing ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's always a plus. <laughs> they look at you like um, you're like the great, you know, yeah. like the. The great, you know, the great. Well, I know our kids do. Oh my goodness! I think we've been counting down to your visit from like when we were in the hundreds. Yeah, and every time, and every day since I've been here, they asked to talk to Papa, and mm-hmm. it's just that they look at grandparents yeah. as um, their little buddies, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's that's awesome too. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, good. Well, these were just some of the top questions that people submitted and asked, and so I wanted to let people to get to meet you virtually, I guess, through the podcasting platform. Um, you've been such an integral part of our life and our story from before I even realized it. Um, so I wanted to get to share you for a little bit with the listeners. Um, but thanks so much for joining. Yeah, it's thanks been for fun. being on. Absolutely. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to follow 
more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman He's called you to be. Thanks for listening.